to The Get Together. Together. It's our show about the nuts and bolts of community building. I am your host, Bailey Richardson, one of three co-founders at People & Company. Oh, I'm Kevin Huynh, another co-founder at People & Company, also referred to as Coach Kevin. Coach Kev. No no one calls me that. (laughs) (laughs) Except myself. Maybe today we will, just for fun. Um, In each episode of this (laughs) podcast, we interview people who have built communities about just how they did it. How did they get the first people to show up? How did they grow to thousands more members? Now, today is a special episode because I'm going to be interviewing Coach Kevin. Kevin Quist- Christopher, Christopher, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Christopher Huynh. Kevin Christopher Huynh. That's his voice. Yes. He's my business partner. On occasion, you are of an also my hospital escort, also yeah. Kai's hospital escort. And Kevin, you are definitely one of the most admirable and straight fun people Aww. I have encountered on this earth. Aww. I'm talking to Kevin today about his coaching. So for the last month, month and a half, Kevin, almost every workday, has walked out of the office and walked down to a coffee shop in the Lower East Side. Shout to, out Spread House. Spread House. To take a coaching meeting with a nascent community leader, mostly people in New York, sometimes over the phone. In total, you've had something like 30 hour-long conversations yes. in something like 35 work days. Yes. And heading into March, you're completely booked. Yes. <laughs> These are not hypothetical communities, which is worth pointing out. Nope. These are people who already are getting people together. Yeah, they're out there. Out there doing their thing. And just to give you some examples, Kevin's talked to people like Christy, Kat, and Casey from Slanted Media. They're an Asian American media company that gets their writers, photographers, contributors really brought into the fold and also hosts events. You've talked to Kyle from Interglow, which is probably the most diverse meditation community in New York. You've talked to Lynn from Homo Ground. She's the host of the longest-running queer music podcast, and her listeners, many many of whom don't have a local queer community, are super engaged with what she's doing. So there's many different people, like a whole—there's that times 10 (laughs) that you've talked to. And today, Kev, I just want to ask you about what you have learned from all these conversations. And it's just going to be us chatting, but if you want to hear more about— Just us. Just us two. Fun, fun. But if you want to read more of Kevin's insights, um, you can check them out at research.people-and.com. Research.people-and.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the blog. That's the blog. All right. Let's get into it. Kev, <sighs> why did you start doing this? Where did this come from? Mm, one thing I, I mean, when I tell the folks that I'm coaching, like, why I'm doing this, I usually mention that with the work at People and Company we've done um, over the last two and a half years, we've done a lot of these sort of intensive projects helping organizations figure out how to build their communities with more intention. That said, some of my favorite relationships were these ad hoc ones I had on the side. There were these one-on-one just coffees with maybe a nonprofit I cared a lot about or a friend that was starting something up. And as I reflected at the end of 2018, I was like, man, some of those just one-off relationships that felt a little bit like coaching were some of the most fulfilling of my career. Uh, it didn't have as much of the the sheen of like coming in and doing a project with a company. It was the purest form of the work. It's like I go in, I sit down, we talk about a challenge and we, you know, we play, we get into it. And reflecting at the end of the year, I was like, if I had 10 of these last year, like, could I have a hundred next year? You know, like I, I feel like my life would just be fuller. And it was just that hunch. Um, and then I sent out the bat signal 
at the beginning of the year with like a blog post and emailing friends and with a focus on, you know, investing on people building communities in New York City, especially those serving like underserved populations, POC, women, just like folks who really felt passionate about elevating voices within their community for whatever reason. And I've had these meetings since and they've really lit my brain on fire. Like every single time it's a... I don't know, I just feel so honored that they would share with me. And I try to just thank them for the work they're doing, you know, getting their people together. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the highlight of my day when you walk back into the office because <laughs> you, you have this whole like, my brain just got lit on fire, but also like, damn, I admire that person yeah. I just met with. They just charged me up. So you, you, we've been calling it coaching. We called you Coach Kev. Yeah. Um, what does that actually mean? Like, what does the process look like? What is a coaching meeting with you like? How do you approach it? So what is a coaching meeting with me like? Um, I try to keep it pretty casual. In short, I think it's an opportunity for folks to talk out. For people, either they're a community leader, they might consider themselves a community organizer or like a community manager or maybe some other title I haven't thought of, but they are like in charge of shepherding a group of people forward that they care about, um, either as an individual or an organization. And we sat down and talked through strategy, structure, whatever is on their mind. I think sometimes this work feels lonely or challenging, or maybe you can't really talk about the hard problems with, you don't feel like you can with a team, or maybe you don't have a team. And I try to kick off by just getting into, you know, five minutes of their story, why they care about this. Why are they doing this? Why do they care about these people? How'd they get into it? I share a couple minutes about me, why I'm doing this. And then we try to dig into a challenge. The way I see it, like the first question is what's on your mind? And some folks have a lot of things. Some folks have one thing. But I think in general, if you key in on the right challenge, whether it's, you know, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to fundraise for my community or, hey, like I want to make sure my events are more engaging or, hey, you know, I don't know how to scale up. We're thinking about going to other cities or should we or shouldn't. If we can dig into the right question to answer, like I have uh, I have something to really focus on with them and we can explore that. Do you help them decide on what the right challenge is for them or is that something you kind of just rely on their instincts for? I help them decide, um, but I try not to assert. Yeah. So I think it's a, some challenges are important. Some challenges feel urgent. Some are both. And some challenges just like bother you, but they, but after you mention that they're a challenge, the folks don't really need to <laughs> talk about them. Hmm. Um, and so if, you know, if you're trying to get people, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, like, you know, this morning I was talking to someone who organizes a festival and they were like, oh, we really need to make this like fundraising campaign really successful. And when it came down to it, the question wasn't just like, how do we make this successful in general? It really came down to this challenge of like, ah, it feels like this is just a campaign set up by me and like, hey, world, you know, I want this to happen versus like, really, it should be a community effort. And the more people that feel like they're participating in it, like, that's really what they, they want to go for. So the challenge we were trying to figure out is like, how do we make this more of a, like a community grown fundraising campaign? Um, and, you know, from there, we... Uh, I just ask a lot of a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely I've I've seen your notebook. Yeah. Kevin takes his notebook down. Now I don't know if you need it still, but you have sort yeah, of like, like a series out. of like seven 
questions or so that oh, yeah. flow you through. And I think one of the things that is a talent of yours is the ability to ask the right question without asserting. But that right question for the right moment in the conversation seems like part of the magic of meeting yeah. with you. Yeah. And so what have you found that these people need in these conversations now that you've had 30 of them? People need different things. Sometimes they're looking for like strategic clarity, like, oh, how do I prioritize what to do next if I want to, if we want to put together an ambassador program? Sometimes they just walk away with a little bit of like emotional support and therapy. Um, I've started to think about it as if I'm wearing, like I wear different hats for different meetings and sometimes I get in like a sorting mode. It's like, hey, you've, you've got all these things. Let's try to, you've got all these like possible ways to make your next event more engaging. Let's define some, or like you got all these possible ideas for like a new event. Let's define some like criteria maybe to like really decide, is it purposeful as in it really like furthers what your community is trying to do? Is it something that's repeatable? Cause you want to have some sort of recurring feeling to it and help them sort through it. Other times folks like they need someone to call them out. Like they might say, hey, I really want to keep like my community intimate. And then at the beginning, they said, like, my purpose for this is to, you know, affect as many minorities in technology as like possible. And I'll be like, eh. not to say that those are like totally impossible to do both. But like, let's dig into why you say you need to keep this intimate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like mm -hmm. what what really is there? Because if one of these doesn't feel, you know, like. Totally right. Yeah. Um, or there's a tension there. Yeah, there's a tension there. And at the end of the day, I, I think it's, once again, I try not to, um, like, I, I just don't have all the context. Uh, they spend 99 times more time with their people. I can't give them the answers. And so I try to honor their experience and honor their understanding of, like, the culture and the context um, to get them to sort of their own epiphany. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had that before. I think back to the few coaches that, you know, I've had that have mentored me in the past, even in a one-off conversation. And the feeling of saying, of like arriving at an aha by yourself is so different than like hearing that wonderful snippet of wisdom from a talk like that. The former, at least for me, has like really stuck with me and be like, I figured this out. Um, maybe with the guidance of someone else. But mm. I think that it really has like those sorts of epiphanies have changed my habits and behavior moving forward a lot mm. more than like a wonderful quote or, you know, top line advice mm. that someone has given me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a visceral unlock of yeah. something yeah. that you feel ownership over. You feel that kind of like personal connection to. Yeah. And that that seems like really the goal of coaching is to unblock people yeah. through their own, what's in their own brains. Yeah. yeah. Is that, I mean, yeah. How would you de describe kind of the goal of what you're, what you've been able to help people with? Well, I want to flip it at you. I mean, you played, you played sports, you played a <laughs> college sport. Like what, hmm. I mean, what do you feel like was at least in the one-on-one -on -one relationship with a coach? Like what did they give or provide you? Hmm. Um, yeah. When you were bashing heads in field hockey. Yeah. God, I hope I never did that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, you talk a lot about Marshall Gans, Gans, whose name Gans. I always say wrong. I'm sorry, Marshall, um, Professor Marshall. Um, and how his approach to getting people organized is story, strategy, and structure, and mm -hmm. how they need those three things. I certainly think sports coaches need to do that. But in the vein of what you're saying, the best coaches I had 
personalized it too. Mm. And they allowed me to understand like my role or my specific skill or sort of emotionally or mentally unlock my own understanding of what I was good at and where I should keep working and going. So I think that sense of just like personal investment in someone and like giving someone the kind of time to think about their time and work and effort and specific capacity um, and reflect on that is just a really powerful thing to give another human being. Um, So I don't know, maybe that answers it. I want to ask you too, you've talked a bit about how you have approached coaching and what coaching means. And I'm wondering for anyone who's listening who hasn't gotten to talk to you yet or doesn't live in New York or maybe is too shy to reach out and ask for a coaching meeting, what you can do on our website. Is there anything, any kind of like single takeaway that you would offer those people or something to consider that you've seen repeatedly over the, the course of all these conversations? If I were to communicate one thing, and it's similar to the thesis of our book, uh, which we're writing right now, is that if you're interested in getting a group of people together, getting them to come together, stick together, work on things together, the main question you should ask yourself like at every single turn is, how do I accomplish this thing with people and not for people? You know, How do I build a community with people and not for people? So if you're trying to think about how do I attract more folks to you know my meetup for women in tech, take yourself out of the lens of like, I have to do it as key organizer, but it's like, how would I work with the folks who already care about this community to bring in more people to this community? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've started testing out this phrase that I believe, at least for the communities that I want to play a role in supporting, um, I think they have like a real sense of direction and they're trying to either solve a problem or accomplish a change or just bring something sort of a new experience to the world. They're not as static. You know, I think they should look at community building as like progressive acts of collaboration. Like you might start and like invite people to participate, you know, and what they're doing. And eventually you like create little ways for them to contribute um, and bring more of themselves to uh, the event or your online forum or whatever. And then eventually you really figure out ways to like pass the torch and share ownership or share ownership in a big way where someone takes over you know, they spread the thing to a new city in another place, you know, they really own it, or they're part of like the steering committee. And what you're doing is realizing that, hey, this community, we need to like, it is a community effort. That means like, this should be a collaboration. That said, when you're just starting out, it's a lot to ask someone to like put a bunch of time and energy into something. So you try to create little sandboxes, just a little bit of structure for them to feel comfortable. Be like, yeah, you know, I totally be like, I have an idea for, you know, a musician that should be on your podcast. I'll submit that. And then eventually it's like, hey, I would love to be like maybe an ambassador. I can like organize like a little concert when, you know, you come to town and your job as an organizer is to set the stage for these small and large collaborations over time. And hopefully if you do a good job, at the end of it, it runs itself. You know, you're no longer an integral piece to the puzzle because you've spread it out, the ownership and the leadership and how people contribute into this thing that they no longer go through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Progressive. Say it again. Progressive collaboration. Progressive collaborations. Pro- progressive acts of collaboration. If you didn't know, Kevin was an engineer in college. So I feel like that really feels like within that <laughs> lane. And I like it. It's like, is that, is that a very simple phrase? Get that, get that <laughs> no, tattoo on your I get body. it. I get it. I love that. So when recently 
our the space we work at, a bunch of our coworkers shared kind of reflections on their last year and where they're going. And you pulled up a slide that had just like kind of group by group by group the number, the name, and like one, two, three, four, five, all the way down to like, I don't know, 20, 30 something yeah. of these conversations. And sort of seeing it listed out top to bottom, you realize how many conversations you've had. And people in the room were definitely in awe. And some people were, frankly, sort of amazed that you had the energy to do it. They're like, man, that takes stamina. That yeah. takes like hours. Emotional, it's emotional work too. Or that's, I think, some people's response in the room. And I just want to know, why have you stuck with it? Why have I stuck with it? Because it energizes me, man. It really does. It's I At one point, I thought, hey, should I take a week off and not take five more meetings this week? And then as I reflected on like my highlights from the last week, I decided that was a bad idea to take time <laughs> off. I thought about like what got me through. Yeah, what, 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 you know, what, what kept me motivated to, you know, continue writing the book we're writing, continue to, you know, think about different ways our business can go and sort of things we might offer to help people get their people together. And I just realized that like, my coaching meetings was just like a daily shot of espresso. And I don't drink coffee. It's your coffee. It's coffee. my coffee. Like that's what, I mean, I've joked before. It's like, I don't drink coffee. I just hang out with exciting people. <laughs> and that's, I hope I'm on that list. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the shortest reason why I think, um, yeah. And it's the, the fun byproduct of this has just been more friends, mm. uh, more, things I can participate in. Mm. in I know I see it on your city. calendar. I get to see it. yeah. it's like this event with like Cosmos tonight yeah, or yeah, all these different yeah. groups that I, I mean, know I you've mean, been the last, with. I mean, the last week is like, oh, I went to the launch party for, you know, this uh, this sex journal. And I like uh, Levine and Caleb are organizing this community around uh, making it a community where people can sort of explore like their sexuality and have open conversations about stuff that people don't have conversations about. And I go to that launch party and then there's also like, another launch party for Slanted, the Asian American magazine. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, oh, there's like a dinner of, that the woman who organizes a crew around chronic illness is mm -hmm. having. And it's just like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is the dream. Social capital, <laughs> baby. Like it's just to be able to like, I, I get a lot of energy from being able to bop into these different worlds. Yeah. I think it's part of it. And this is, uh, yeah, I just feel even more like, plugged in yeah um to what's happening around me yeah love it all right last question kev oh where do you go from here we talked about you do have meetings set up this coming month yeah but what yeah. what where are you going to take this thing great question i, I the, the challenge is how to scale this work and i, I want to continue doing one-on-one -on -one stuff because it's it's a lot of fun and i it's where the juice is it's where the juice is i don't think it can be replaced exactly as it is but i do recognize that I mean, at first I was just asking for recommendations for people and now I am starting to get outreach and I don't think I can take all those meetings. So what do I do? And, you know, I wonder if it's getting some community leaders together to figure something out to, to you know, to support each other, to do some more of like a cohort or just like bring together folks for a dinner um, or like a day to jam on like a particular challenge or separately, can I like train other people to help one another? Um, we'll see. But I, I think where I want to go with this is continue doing a lot of what I'm doing, but also scale it up, whatever that means. And I'm open to ideas for 
yeah, how to help more people, um, yeah, get their folks together. How can people send you those ideas? How can you send it? You could, you could just direct email, man. Hit me up. Kevin at people-and.com. Wow. There's, there's full a dialogue. email. Yeah, revealed. I know. I know full email revealed. <laughs> and my Gmail. Just kidding. You can't get in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just text Bailey at. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, Rad. Well, I think we'll wrap it there. This will be a little bit of a shorter, shorter episode for us. But Kev, I'm so, I'm so stoked about this, and yeah. I'm so glad you're doing it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm gonna make one last PSA, which is like, if you've ever had like the hunch or the feeling that you didn't see a community out there that was for you, for whatever reason, um, remember that you're the difference. You know, remember that like these. You know, communities feel magical. They don't come together by magic. <laughs> like you, it takes someone to take the first step to, you know, start that Facebook group, to host the first meetup, to just, you know, invite folks to grab dinner, whatever it is. They, it takes the first action. And I think again and again, I've just realized whenever someone says that, hey, I'm not sure if there are others out there, they eventually find out that there are others out there. Maybe not in your neighborhood, you know? <laughs> Maybe not in the corner of the internet you're currently in, but they are out there and you have the opportunity to, mm. you know, get them together and, and create something that's really meaningful and impactful. Mm. And I would just like, I would just want to nudge you a little bit more towards like giving that a shot. And if you have any questions, hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. Rad. Cool. Well, you now have Kevin's email address, but if you want to learn more about him and about us, you can visit our website peopleand.company. It's not a .com. It's a .company. Yeah. Uh, and the big news is, as Kevin mentioned, we're writing a handbook called mm -hmm. Get Together. It's going to get published later this year, probably in the summertime, mm -hmm. um, with more stories about communities and our step-by-step -step guide to building one. It's based on conversations like the ones Kevin described that he's had with a bunch of nascent communities and also established communities, communities around a product, communities around an interest. So uh, stay tuned to that. Um, you can plug in to our email list to get notified at our website. Or you can just say hi. You can send Kevin an email or email us at hi at peopleand.company. Last thing? <laughs> I don't hear to see the last thing. Oh, that's good. I know what the last thing is. Okay. The last thing is if you so feel inclined, <laughs> um, we hear that if we get reviewed or people subscribe to this podcast, it's good for the podcast. So if you feel like doing that, we'd appreciate it. If not, no big whoop. Thanks please, for listening. Please review. Please, <laughs> please review. All right, cool. Have a great day. See y'all. Thanks, everybody. Bye.